Support for WRFA is brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. As a local community resource, Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union is committed to providing its members with the professional financial services they have come to expect. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. You're tuned to Community Matters. Pace's Pizza owner Joe Town, Haggy's Four Below owner Eric Haglin, and Landmark Restaurant owner Patty Sentai shared their experiences with the pandemic and challenges they faced with Jamestown City Council on Monday night. Joe Town led off the discussion. We recognize a lot of Pace's customers in here, so thank you. <laughs> Kim and Tony especially really helped us help Pace's in the community through a lot back in 2020. You probably, re- probably recognize um, a letter that we had sent on behalf of all the restaurants back in May of 2020 asking the city to act quickly. Um, we knew that things were changing quickly. We didn't know to what extent. We had the two weeks to flatten the curve, but most of us could kind of see past that. And so we needed to change and change quickly. And we needed to offer outdoor dining space that was going to offer a safer environment for folks to eat, a safer perception for folks to want to come out and spend money, um, and an ability to maintain staffing levels so folks didn't have to get laid off. Uh, we also needed to do things like extend the New York State liquor law to to pertain to the entire property because of the outdoor dining. And so we needed the city's help to work with the New York State Liquor Authority to really drive that home quickly and make it really efficient. We need to amend different codes like the noise ordinances and the sidewalk ordinances to create parklets like Eric has uh, and back patios like, like I built. And you all acted so quickly and so efficiently to get that done. It was really quite nice. You know, you always hear these things about how bureaucracy and red tape slows things down, and in my opinion, I guess I would agree with that most of the time. In this particular case, with the pandemic, that's not the case. It was uh, very effective, and it really helped us out. And so I, I can only speak to my experience. I, I'm not a fine dining operation, and Patty probably experience, you know, talk more about that. But yes, we were pizza. Yes, we were takeout friendly. But our sales were about 40% takeout, 60% eat-in. And so we went into it saying, okay, we have to change quite quickly. So we put a takeout window in in the front of the restaurant, an outdoor heater outside, and, and some tables and chairs, and tried to do things really quickly with the least amount of money because we didn't have a lot of capital we could infuse into this, especially going into you know, the unknown. We didn't know how much money we need for reserves. We could still employ all of our people. Um, so we had to take that 60% eat-in and maintain that, or at least, because we probably weren't get that 60% to slide over to takeout. We weren't going to get that full 100% same business volume for takeout. So we knew we had to have the outdoor dining, especially once it's 0%. You know, we went from 50% occupancy to zero, and then up to 50% again. So during that 0% period, it was really tough. Um, so we, we did what we had to do. Um, those ordinances really helped. Kathy Hochul uh, was a lieutenant governor then, now governor, came down and did a little tour of Jamestown and approved our eating areas and our keep six feet apart and all that fun things. And So businesses were asked to do the impossible. We were asked to do more with less, to look after our team, to look after our customers, to follow the daily press briefings from you know Governor Cuomo at the time and the Department of Health, New York State, and also Chautauqua, um, to make people feel safe, to ensure that they were safe, and, and to not know what the next day was going to bring. I would wake up in the morning, and I would say, what do I think is going to happen today? 
and then I would watch the press briefing and we would adjust immediately. We had an employee zone on Facebook and we would all, all the team would talk and we would have to read through the cryptic language that was being used and anticipate what the next couple of weeks are going to be and try to beat, beat them there, beat the regulations there. During that, we had to you know, have the expense of masks when masks weren't available. So I had to hire a nice older lady who is a great customer of ours and she was a seamstress and she made my whole team masks. I could, we could not find any. Um, we had to, Mark Saxon from James Hahn Awning did a terrific job and did us a favor and, and for a couple of pizzas made us a nice little partition by the register. Um, we, we had to you know, have signage and of course the expense of the tables and umbrellas for outside, which we did. So, with all that being said, we also had to wade through policing, um, you know, making sure that folks were wearing masks. And they weren't wearing masks, you know, how do you handle it? There wasn't too much guidance on that. You know, making sure that if someone was within five feet, 11 inches or less from each other, we went out there and said, oh, make sure you give each other more space. We had to wipe down surfaces that you never think that you'd have to wipe down that frequently, but we did it. Um, and, and most of it, you know, came with, hey, you know, we don't have the staff for that, so what do you do? Well, Olivia and I, as being owners uh, of the restaurant, we didn't have a kiddo at the time. We just worked all the time, you know, and, and i got to give my wife credit. She's not here right now, but she was right next to me. And, you know, if, if, sometimes it would be just the two of us. You know, we would, we would work together in the takeout window, and when orders weren't coming in, we'd sit down and play rummy cube and try to make the best of it, you know. And we think about those days, you know. Like, you have these stories of couples, you know. When we first got together, we lived in an apartment and slept on the floor and made peaches out of a kid. Well, that was our story. You know, between pizza orders, we played board games in the restaurant because we couldn't use the restaurant for we had, was, everything was outside. So those those were interesting times. But we never had to lay off a single person ever. We were fortunate enough that with the outdoor dining and some, we had a whole online interface come in and merchandising, and because of a great community who supported us, and we had the opportunity to work with the community and offering that match pizza program. I don't know if you remember that. Can you probably remember that? We, were, we donated over 250 pizzas, uh, and the community bought the other 250 pizzas, and they went to all of our first responders, EMS, mental health, police, and fire, because they were the, really the boots on the ground. Um, and, and that was our experience. So through all of that and trying to work through all of that and the numbers and you know what will we even be able to operate tomorrow, we didn't have the luxury of working from home. We had to be there. We didn't have the luxury of the paycheck that may or may not come the next day. Um, it was all an unknown. So basically, we felt that it was our responsibility as a restaurant and as Americans to do what we had to do to provide a service and a product so that folks who were, on, we have a, a large elderly customer base as well, who want to make sure that they could still have their Friday pizza and their Saturday pizza and offer some peace of mind, whether it was curbside delivery, regular delivery, whatever we had to do. So, just one more point on that, we also had to combat messaging. You know, I, I received multiple messages on Facebook and email of both sides. Hey, thanks for doing what you're doing, thanks for staying open, and you're killing the entire country, and why are you still open, and my 82-year-old grandma got a pizza there, and I saw somebody's nose was out of their mask, and even though it was through a window, now she's going to go to the hospital and die, and I, I a lot of hate mail actually came through too, and we didn't really share that, um, because it's, I don't like to share negatives, but it, it, was, it was hard, you know? So why do I say all this? In this package of information are some of these programs, and I know that there's a lot of money, money being dished out to Jamestown, and you know it, it can come and it can be spent quickly, and, and, and it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of you know intimidating this this amount of money. But as small business owners, we feel 
um, and I'll let you know Patty and Eric talk about the restaurants and their experience. But we feel like this is a once in a lifetime financial infusion from the federal government to our small town. And we had a presentation on sales tax. We had a presentation, some comments from the assessor. When if small businesses receive some of these funds, and we develop our infrastructure for our businesses, we're going to maintain and increase jobs, which we are doing. We're going to maintain and increase the value of our properties, which will increase set, will increase property taxes, will increase the overall facade of the of the city. So we don't have to deal with some of the issues we're doing with these dilapidated buildings. We're going to increase the jobs, and you know, quite frankly, we're going to increase the attractiveness of the downtown area, so that folks from out of the area, when they come to the comedy center hotels, will say, "I want to go there. I want to go here." They look like they're in the 21st century. So. Me, personally, I'm asking that we act quickly, again, for the second time, and we pass some of these de Department of Development initiatives so we can use some of these funds to help address some of these issues that we weren't able to address over the past two years because those funds had to go other places. Um, and uh, we've seen it work. I can tell you it works. Outdoor dining works. Patios work. Partlets work. And people are spending again, as you see by the sales tax that is coming in. So thank you for the time, and, and please, I ask you, um, as a council to, to look out for small businesses and restaurants like us and help pass this, we can use these funds. And uh, I can tell there'll be a good ROI, there'll be dividends on this. Thank you. Eric Hagelin with uh, Four Below Haggies Bar and Grill down on 2nd Street in Jamestown. Um, so again, as a united front, you know, we are all on one team here. You know, we're all restaurants within the Jamestown organization. We don't feel each other are competitors. We're teammates and we're there to do the right thing and do as much as possible together to make sure that every business in downtown Jamestown is successful. I talked to Joe uh, quite often, uh, Patty as well, um, to be able to say what's working with you. We've always, we've done a lot of <clears throat> things over the last year and a half to pivot. You know, I started DoorDash, you know, I've never done DoorDash before in my life, but started DoorDash and trying to figure that out and the thing blink, blinking all, every other second and, and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, over since, you know, I, I I started my uh, restaurant in uh, 2019 and then five months later had to shut down for three months straight. Uh, threw out over $15,000 worth of uh, draft beer, food, uh, donated a bunch to St. Susan Soup Kitchen that they could take that were full cases of product to be able to use uh, to be able to at least somewhat give back to the, to the community. Um, my, my one and only goal when I was to reopen was my staff and my people. Uh, most people, 90% of everyone that works for me had second jobs. Um, they didn't have my. They did not work for me to have just uh, spending money or fun money. They used that to pay their heat. They used that to pay their electric bills. They used that to get to uh, put gas in their cars and things like that. So I was bound and determined to um, open back up on day one and put everybody back to work. And I did not lose one employee. I actually uh, hired one extra employee over the last year. Um, the issue that. Um, Obviously, there's only so much money in everybody's pocket. Uh, I had to rob Peter to pay Paul things that I would normally have done to fix things or maintain things. I'm putting band-aids on things that need a that need you know uh, stitching, not not just a band-aid. Um, and that's where you know the first three months um, we lost. Uh, I lost roughly about thirty-eight thousand dollars just being open, uh, staffing everybody and putting everybody in their place. Where did that money come from? It came from my personal account. Uh, it came from the business account. Uh, that was drained down to basically nothing. Um, so I was not able to do basic maintenance things to my, my business because I did not have the funds available because everything that I had was going to pay, to pay my employees. 
Uh, I ask you guys and encourage you guys to make the commitment to us to help us be able to do this, move fast on it. Uh, anybody that's doing any type of projects, as many of you guys know, um, you don't just make a phone call and all of a sudden a week later they're starting your project. You got to get into the queue, you got to get into the product, you have to be able to purchase the materials to do all this stuff. That takes a lot of time. The longer we sit on this, the longer that we don't have this available to us to start projects, the longer it's going to be and the, the, more, the more damaging it's going to be to all the businesses in downtown Jamestown. Uh, I appreciate uh, these two uh, people next to me. Uh, they're great uh, business partners uh, and I consider that to be what we all are within Jamestown. We've already lost GLEs, we've already lost other businesses. We can't afford to lose anybody else. Um, so with that, I ask you guys to move fast on this, approve the funds so we can move forward and get everybody uh, situated and started uh, sooner than later. Thank you. Patty Sentai, Landmark Restaurant. These guys are a tough act to follow. Um, I guess what I really want to stress is that with all of us, our key is to keep operating in buildings that are struggling to and draining us with money that we don't have because of what happened with COVID. So we're asking you to please look at this grant and help us escalate forward. I'm putting in a new patio because COVID made us reinvent ourselves and we're doing it with money that we don't have. We have we're doing it so that we can succeed and go forward. And I have 34 employees that are still working and working full time that during COVID I took up to the watermark to keep them going. And, you know, that, that was a struggle in itself. So I think that if we got things to help us, we could move forward for five years, ten years, not just a little Band-Aid as it is, could be, you know, without the money. Because we just keep struggling to borrow from Peter to pay Paul to make sure the roof's not leaking. I mean, major things like the heating and HVAC and handicapped bathrooms for Peggy at Forte. Things that need to be done to these buildings to keep us as tourist attractions going forward so people come to Jamestown and they're proud to come to Jamestown, not just, you know, Jamestown. So I thank you. I thank you for taking your time with us. We very much appreciate it. Jamestown Director of Development, Crystal Surtick, then presented the next series of proposed small business assistance grant programs that would be funded using American Rescue Plan monies. So it starts with um, actually restaurant, retail, and services. So this particular um, program is specifically smaller amount of, of funding I, we're envisioning for each grant. Um, total program allocation is $200,000. This funding would be to help restaurants, retail, and other service-related uh, businesses kind of re-envision the way they're doing things, whether it's start DoorDash or do a marketing, you know, a small marketing campaign or, or whatever that might be. It's not meant for infrastructure. It's not meant to build. This is really that um, we don't need $50,000. We need five. Um, so that's kind of what we envision with this program. The next program is uh, for workforce development. That's a, a subject that we've heard a lot about. We have suggested a $750,000 allocation. We know that, you know, as Eric mentioned, we are struggling with this ourselves uh, in DOD with home projects. Access to contractors, access to different types of, of workforce that, you know, projects are taking an extremely long period of time. You know, it impacts supply chain, it impacts everything, right? So knowing that we we have a lot of businesses in the community that, and we've heard this over and over and over again, 
people need help. There are lots and lots of jobs available, and there are not lots and lots of skilled or even somewhat trained or workforce ready people to, to fill those jobs. So we are uh, we think that this is a, a focus that we really need to to allocate some funding to. Um, with that, specifically for contractors, um, because there is such a shortage in contractors, uh, we've had some conversation with um, Southern Tier Builders Association, a number of the contractors that we work with, just in general, contractors are really hard to come by, and a, a lot of our projects are even being pushed out at least a year, if not longer, to even get started. We're having a hard time even getting quotes, so you know we're hearing and seeing that the contractor shortage is something that is not going away, and it's it's a, an area that we need to try to help support. Storefront improvements program. This kind of goes along with um, providing some support to those businesses that are that have storefronts, whether it's a restaurant or it's some a retail location or or whatever it might be taking a look at your storefronts and from the street all the way to if you're purchasing something what that experience is so as a pedestrian somebody who's walking down the street being able to to really interact with the storefronts that that you have on your main streets drawing people in making people want to come into your establishment you know it, it starts with your the facade your signage your logo, your whatever it is that your your business has to offer, and then bringing people into uh, patron <coughs> your establishment, and then you know the experience is all the way through the store. You know how are things being merchandised? Is it easy to shop in? Is it easy to you know? Is it a, a good positive environment? Is it an enjoyable experience? So it's not something that I think business owners tend to be really great at the one thing that they started the business to do and not always great at everything. So providing that support, we see it as being, you know, a, a consultant of some kind that would come in and help them um, kind of take a look at their space, how they would recommend rearranging it, and then providing some assistance to do that. Uh, establishing a business incubator program. Uh, this is something that we have uh, talked about a lot some of our other agencies and, and uh, community organizations have talked about it a lot it's something that is kind of a, a growing trend in other communities we have talked with the small business development center about uh, business incubator for those I'll, I'll just quickly read the description here for for those who don't know what a business incubator is uh, business incubators provide infrastructure for new businesses just starting out. Perhaps a food manufacturing venture needs an approved commercial kitchen location, or a fledgling man manufacturer needs shop space. Incubators often provide such turnkey facilities that represent the savings and overhead for startups. This project may include physical space, shared administrative staff, access to capital, coaching, mentoring, networking, connections, uh, prototype development, and access to other technical services. So really it's establishing a, uh, an ecosystem for entrepreneurs and startup businesses to just really get, get their feet under them and be able to start up. So are you working with the college, Fredonia, or with 
health opportunities? Because we, both of them have incubator. We programs. would absolutely. Okay. Yes. Because it doesn't make sense. They've already got a staff yep. incubators, and it would be probably good to partner or at least. We would absolutely do that. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to volunteer that we're going to partner right, with any right, one agency right. no, because we haven't figured out who that is yet. And but I just want to make sure that they may say. What? <laughs> what? I'm just saying, there are resources, resources in the community. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And and you bring up a really good point, and I've, I've said it before, but I'll reiterate it um, quickly. Any and all of these programs, before they get ready to be rolled out, would we would look at, okay, what are all of the resources that we have? Who do we need to collaborate with? We do not want to duplicate anything. We want to make sure that the funds that go into any of the programs that we do move forward on are being spread as far and wide and have the biggest impact possible. So, no, I appreciate that because yep. that's what I was hoping you would be looking to collaborate. Yes. Just a couple of quick questions, yep. comments. Um, I noticed that the last page of that talks about how the allocations are flexible and can be flexible. How did you come about with specific amounts of... We really just tried to think about what are some of the programs that would require larger dollar amounts, so like building infrastructure, equipment, those sorts of things are going to be come with a higher price tag, and then kind of worked it out from there. So that's where, you know, in my note in the packet you're looking at, asking to, to be somewhat flexible. We talked a little bit about it last week. You know, just being able to continue to evaluate how the programs are going and where the funds are, you know, being um, applied for. Like who's, you know, are, are we spending a lot more in one category over another? Do we need to move funds from one program to another? Because this program we thought was going to be in high demand is not, but this other one that we didn't think was going to be in high demand is, right? So just asking that we be able to not lock ourselves in and that you know if, if we go with certain dollar amounts and they can change according to what you guys think too but you know being able to pivot on and and make sure that we're moving the money to where it's really needed the other question I had was um, does this expend the 10 million that would yeah I just made sure that I added it so up the, to 10 million the other question <laughs> comment I have is I know that <clears throat> This summer in the series of forums that we had, and we have discussed uh, any neighborhood initiatives or for residents, any housing or neighborhood revitalization. Yeah, that's the whole other, that's the $5 million category that we haven't even started yet. I just want to make sure, because I know that that was a big piece to what the public had told us in Mm -hmm. the four different uh, sessions that we had. We, yeah. had, we had well, discussed. Once we get through this, I thought we would start okay. on the, the next one. I just wanted to address yeah. that because I know that's come up. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's a, an important cog to get. I mean, the business end of it's it's great. It's definitely yeah. necessary for to drive business and jobs and the economy mm-hmm. and everything, but also um, getting into the neighborhoods and, and, you know. Absolutely. Having the opportunity to help individual people. Yes. We felt... Um, Focusing on these programs first, for us, we think because we, you know, we administer JLDC, 
we've written other programs, we can roll these out, I think, quicker with the Healthy Neighborhoods Housing, um, the five million that's allocated to that in mental health. Um, we have a lot of other moving parts right now. We've got our, our annual action plan coming up. Um, we've got some other HUD funding. We've got you know some other uh, community partners and agencies that we're working with that have other initiatives. So we want to make sure that we're really um, looking at what all of the resources all of the resources are for those, and that we're again layering and leveraging each other's resources and spreading the funds as far as we possibly can. And that is, dare I say, a bit more complex. Um, just because there's there are so many other programs, um, this as complicated as this is, the housing and neighborhood stuff is actually more complicated. That was James Sound Director of Development, Crystal Serdic. City Council is now tasked with submitting comments and changes for the small business grant program proposals.